speaking today about living by conviction and not circumstance. I want to say it again. Living by conviction and not circumstances. I believe we're coming into a time that we got to have strongest, the strongest convictions about the Word of God more than we have ever had in our entire lives. Because I believe we're living in a time, listen to me now, I believe we're living in a time that the devil is coming to challenge and defy the convictions of the Word of God. We're living in, in the end times. We, we live in a time where things are coming to a close. Not like the asteroids that, that, that people believe the asteroid will come and destroy the whole earth. It's not going to happen. But I believe we're living in a time where Jesus is coming back. And, and, the, and the Bible says those who are holy become holier. Need to become. In other words, we need to have a stronger, the strongest convictions about the things of God more than we have ever had, because the enemy is coming right now to challenge and to defy the faith, the pure faith of the gospel. And it's happening here in America. It's happening in Brazil. It's happening in Europe. We're living in a time where the faith that we know of is being challenged, is being defied. And we need to be strong in this hour to say we're not bowing down, bowing down to the system of the world, nor to the spirit of the world, nor to the spirit of the Antichrist. We're not bowing, bowing down or surrendering to that demonic spirit now i want to read from the book of daniel because in here we have a, a tremendous story of three young men called shadrach meshach and abnego three uh, what an interesting name you know what's her name shadrach <laughs> but that was not their hebrew name but that was the name that they, they were given because of babylon shadrach meshach and abnego I'm going to read uh, some verses here, and I'm going to go from the context. I'm going to show you something, because I believe we can relate to this story today. It, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits, and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent the word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar set it up. Set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried out loud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image. The king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. So at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now listen to this. It's interesting because king Nebuchadnezzar got everybody who was important in the land. 
the counselors, the judges, the magistrates, the administrators, everybody. And he made the image and said, you know what? Now anybody who hears the sound of music shall now fall down and worship this golden image. Now, how can I relate to that today? Why are you talking about golden image? There's no golden image here in America. I want to tell you, there is. There's not only one, there's several. <laughs> and, and not only in America, but in Europe, in Brazil, there's golden images. What are golden images? They are, they are they're idols that can be an idea, that can be a person, or that can be a, a, a theory. But these are golden images that the, the enemy has set up. And sometimes through the government, sometimes through judges and magistrates. Because all these people, they were important at that time. They were supporting the idea of the golden image. And so whenever the song or the music played, okay, now it's time. Bow down and worship. And say, Hermes, when is this happening here? Well, what's happening? The media says something, says something about any area concerning family or concerning uh, a marriage or concerning situations or concerning the faith. Uh, nowadays, if you speak on some issues, then you're a, a terrible person. You cannot have strong convictions because, you know, you're being homophobic or you're being this or you're being that. And they try to label people who differentiate from the line of thought. They are uh, 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 trying to make people bow to a system, to an idea. And I'm telling you what, there's, it's an intelligent system of the world. It's not dumb. The devil is not dumb. The idea that we have of the devil as a, as, as a being with two horns and a tail is completely wrong. We, we see the devil like the, the red dummy with, uh, with uh, <laughs> like uh, two horns, two big horns, uh, you know, the, the big fork and a tail. That's not the devil. He is very smart. He's very cunning. He's a, he, he, he knows how to make strategy. And so what I want to say is there's a system in the world right now uh, trying to infiltrate society to, to pretty much destroy all that we know as of Christianity. I don't speak the truth because it's being recorded right now because we're going to do this podcast because people need to hear this. There's a system, a demonic system of the world infiltrating society in all levels, in media, on TV, and radio, and communication, and banks, and economy, and Wall Street, and Hollywood, in entertainment, in everything, trying to infiltrate values that differentiate and are completely against what we know in the Bible. Completely against, 100% against the Bible. And if we don't have strong convictions in this hour, we're going to fall down and worship that garbage. Some people don't say when I, if you use certain language, because you don't talk about like this or whatever. If you read the Bible, you're going to see that sometimes Paul was pretty harsh on some statements. You're going to see that Judas, if you read the book of Judas, you're going to be like, man, he says some harsh stuff there. But it's because sometimes God needs to get our attention. And then we need to understand this, the reality that we're living in. I believe sometimes Christians are too passive about the devil. We're too passive about what he's saying, what he's doing. No, it's time for us to rise up in this hour and say, we're not bowing down to the system. We're not uh, uh, worshiping the image. And no matter what happens, we're not uh, agreeing. We're not in agreement with that spirit of the Antichrist. 
And that spirit is already here on the earth today. It's already operating on the earth today. What is happening in Brazil, it's terrible. It's funny because in Brazil, October 12th is, is a day, they call it the Day of Children. It's a day dedicated for, uh, you know, it's a good thing. It's to celebrate children. They, they, they give gifts for the Day of Children. If you have kids, you give gifts and you take them to a park or whatever and you enjoy life with your family. It's a good thing. They, they don't have that here, but the Day of Children is October 12th. And exactly on this month, it's, it's interesting because the, the banks in Brazil, some wealthy banks, they start promoting some cultural, uh, uh, if I put it that way, uh, in uh, quotes, because it's not, I don't believe it's that garbage is any culture, but ex cultural expositions. And in these cultural expositions, they're just like terrible blasphemies against Jesus, against God, and, and also uh, 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 the, the, the sexual perversion, uh, trying to uh, infiltrate and trying to, uh, how can I say, activate the kids into sex. Perversion. And they were being financed, financed by the banks. One bank gave $800,000 to promote this garbage. Now I'm telling you this. Bad stuff. It was so evil that the, the, the mayor of Rio de Janeiro went to t national TV and he said, this is not happening here. And it, it, this cultural exposition did not even happen in Rio because he said, I don't accept this. It's not happening here. The mayor of Rio, who's not even a Christian, he said, that's, that's bad. I don't want this here in our state. I, 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 I hate that stuff. That's what he said. Not here. And then he prohibited. And another city in the south, they prohibited. But there's another city where there's a naked man, and then the children are coming to touch him. And, and, it's like, and then the parents were bringing them to, for, to touch the man. So all kinds of perversion were being spread. And the banks were financing it. Now, ask if a bank wants to finance a crusade or anything that has to do with the gospel. They will not. Why? Because the system of the world is, is uh, right now corrupted by that spirit of the Antichrist. Now, the th why do I say this? Because if you notice, things like that are happening in Europe. Some cities, some cities and countries are in being invaded by, by the thousands of Muslims. They are coming and they are implementing their own culture there. And they are implementing their own beliefs there, belief system. If you go to some nations, I remember when I began to go to Norway for the first time, it was very peaceful and very calm. Now, if you go there to some neighborhoods, you cannot even enter in. Why? Because there's so, an invasion of Muslims there that came and, and set up their own culture and set up their own uh, 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 belief system and their own mosque and their building stuff. And what happens is there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's an agenda of the world, of the system of the world, trying to oppress Christianity. To kill it. Because we are like a virus to the system of the world. The way we believe stuff, if we believe the Bible, it's like a virus to them. They, they, they hate that. They, they, they call us fundamentalists or they call us like uh, uh, bigots or, or, or hateful or whatever. Just because you believe in the Bible. But what I, what I love about this, because in Brazil there was a major uproar because some ministries and some pastors said, you know what, no, we're going on TV, we don't accept this stuff. We don't accept this. Now, the sad thing is that some major ministers, they're like, they're quiet about it. Even the Catholic Church not accepting this stuff. They're like, no, we don't accept this. That's wrong. 
that, 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 that's so many blasphemies against Jesus. And is that interesting? Why did, did these blasphemies were against Jesus and not against Buddha or against uh, Muhammad? Or every attack on religion, it has to do with Jesus. Why didn't these artists paint something bad about Muhammad? Or about Buddha, or about Confucius, or about, because they don't care. The attack is on Christianity, and we need to realize that. Now, why did I read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Because if you read here, uh, look at this. Ver, go, go to verse thirteen. Because they had a confrontation with Nebuchadnezzar. Go to verse thirteen, because I want to I want to uh, skip here. Daniel chapter 3, verse 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you're ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? See how the, how the enemy is very prideful. Nebuchadnezzar was very prideful and said, if you do not worship this image, I'm going to throw you the fire furnace. And who is the God who is able to deliver you from my hands? I'm telling you what, there's a, there's a confrontation right now happening with the church and the, that spirit, the same spirit of Babylon, the same spirit, the pagan spirit is happening right now. And if we're not ready, we're going to fall down and worship that image, even if we don't know it. If we're not ready, and, and understand, I need to get stronger in my convictions with the Word. I need to get stronger in prayer. I need to get stronger in the, in the, in the Spirit, because I do not want to be a victim of this system. Amen? Now look at this. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he'll deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, look, I love that kind of faith that they had. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You know what they said? Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, God can deliver us. We serve him. He's our friend. We serve him. But I want you to know, King, even if the Lord does not save us on this hour, we're not bowing down to your system. We're not bowing down to your image. We're not serving your gods. We need to come to us, uh, an understanding. We need to come to a conviction in our, in our spirit that, that, that will say, we will not come into agreement with the system or the spirit of the world. We're not coming to agreement with the spirit of the Antichrist. We're not coming to agreement with a pagan spirit. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Glory to God. We need to have that strong conviction. As for me, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. 
I, I don't want any agreement with that spirit. I don't want anything to do with that pagan spirit, that demonic spirit, the spirit of the Antichrist of this hour. I don't want to have anything to do, no ties, no connection with that kind of spirit. And I believe in this hour, those who refuse to bow to the system are the ones that God's going to raise to shake nations and shake regions with the glory of God. Because God will not fail uh, and bless people who have agreements with that spirit. Whoo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants a people who have zero agreement with the enemy. That means that I do not accept, I refuse completely, 100%, anything that has to do with the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now look at this. We know this, the rest of this story. That the king was so mad. He was so angry. That how, how can this young man dare to disobey my order? And then the Bible says that he made the fiery furnace even hotter. So hot. And so you're not bowing down? Okay. They tied the men, the three young men. Tied them up. And threw them in the fiery furnace. And the Bible says that they were beholding that situation. And they were looking at that uh, scenario. And they were so amazed because they said, Didn't we th throw three men in the fiery furnace? But there's a fourth one walking in the fiery furnace. And he looks like the son of God. Like the son of God. Son of man. He is walking with them. And the Bible says that they were completely delivered out of the fiery furnace. Because actually, as a matter of fact, there was an appearance of Jesus Christ in the fiery furnace. The fourth man was Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this morning, there's a fourth man in the fiery furnace with you. Whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You're not alone in your journey. You're not alone in your trial. You're not alone in your tribulation. There's a fourth man in, the, in your fiery furnace. But why did Jesus rescue them? Because, because I say Jesus because every theologian agrees that it was an appearance of Jesus Christ. Even though it was before Christ, we know that Jesus always existed. But why did God come to the rescue of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Because God saw in them such faith. There was a, there was a no retreat, no surrender kind of faith. No, I'm not retreating. I'm not surrendering. I'm not agreeing. I'm, there's no agreement with the enemy. There's no agreement with false gods. There's no agreement with paganism. There's no agreement with the spirit of the hour or the spirit of the world. There's zero agreement. I don't have nothing to do with this. Then God said, you know what? These are true servants of mine. True servants of mine. They're able to stand the pressure. I'm telling you, my friends, there's a pressure right now of the world. Huge pressure. Trying to accommodate your faith to the system of the world. Oh, you know, let, let's just fix a little bit. Let's fix a little bit. Right here, don't say this stuff because it's offensive. Don't talk about hell. Don't talk about, uh, you know, sin. Don't talk about this. And, and, and many, 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 many people are falling for it. You know, you, you shouldn't talk about hell because, you know, it's not, it's not the, a popular subject. You know what? But I better, I better warn people about it and tell them the truth because you love them. If you love people, you tell them the truth in love. But tell them the truth. Jesus spoke more, more about hell than about heaven. Now, if Jesus spoke about it, why can't we talk about it? 
Oh, you shouldn't talk about this because, you know, it's offensive. People will not come to the church. Uh, let them not come then, you know. But uh, I better hear the, uh, stick with people who want to hear the truth. And, and, and who want to hear the, the truth about the gospel. Than to stick with people who are just more numbers. Oh, but it's not. No, no listen. Uh, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a course here in America. How you should develop a church. How should you grow a church. And then, uh, number one thing is, don't talk about anything offensive, anything that people will be offended about. Just, just say, say nice stuff, you know. If, if, they, if that's, what, that's what people want, let, let them watch Oprah Winfrey, and then whatever, just nice stuff. But if you want to hear about the gospel, amen, uh, then, then tell them the truth of the Bible, amen. So, uh, there's a way, another th thing that people say, don't put a cross on anything because that's offensive. You know, don't put a cross, don't talk about hell, don't talk about sin, don't talk about uh, judgment. It's a course. I'm telling you, like, I remember when my, 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 my former pastor in Orlando, he, he spoke about that. That people were inviting him to, to that course. Like, hey, come. Because his church was 400 members. It was already like a good-sized church. But they were saying, you can grow your church to thousands of people. And he's like, I don't want that. What are that for? No, you have a mega church. You know, have more money, have more stuff. He said, I don't want that. I want to I please God. Amen. Uh, so he, 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 did, he, he was like, and he went to the Pope and he, he was speaking against it. Because people are saying, oh, you should adapt your message to today's culture. No. Today's culture needs to adjust the message, of, the eternal message of Christ. Amen. Uh, the, the Bible does not change. Uh, God, God said clearly, my word is settled forever in heaven. It's, it's, it doesn't change. Now we need to adjust ourselves to God's word. Not otherwise. God will not adjust himself to make you fit. No, you need to adjust yourself to fit into God's plan. It, 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 we live in an hour, it's like, it's like the, the, the hour of humanism. Why did I say humanism? Because... Humanism, God, uh, man is the center. And everything accommodates to man. But no, it's not humanism. No, 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 that's not biblical. That was developed in Europe around the 1500s. Uh, there was a, 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 the Renaissance uh, a movement that was saying that, okay, not, we got enough of the Bible, enough of this stuff. Now we need to go deeper. We need to go to a movement uh, that was developed in arts, in music, and everything that what it says that uh, mankind or man was the center of the world, not God. And this thought is still going on today. And uh, where man is the center and God is like the second person, the third person, and he needs to adjust to us because we dictate the rules. No, 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 we're not the center. We need to ask God for mercy. We need to ask God to save us in Jesus' name. Amen. So this kind of gospel that puts man as the center... It's totally wrong. And this watered-down, sugar-coated gospel will not stand in this hour. Tell me what. This sugar-coated uh, gospel that is afraid to confront. A gospel that is afraid to... And some people are like this. Okay, I love Jesus. I want to talk the truth. But let me tell you something. If you speak the truth, even if you're the nicest person in the world, if you just speak the truth in a nice way even... There will be confrontation. It's impossible. It's impossible. I believe in this, you know. I remember one preacher, I won't say any names, but he was in a, in, in a very famous TV show here in America. 
And the interviewer, who was a famous guy as well, uh, Larry King, I can say the interviewer because uh, Larry King was the interviewer. I'm not going to say the preacher's name, but the preacher was there. And he's very famous. He's got a big church. And then Larry King was like, okay, so-and-so, um, uh, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in Jesus Christ. If I die right now and I don't believe in Jesus, where am I going to go? And the, and the preacher said, well, I don't know. And then Larry King, oh, okay, right, you believe. Because, you know, these guys, they know what the Bible says. Like Larry King, he knows what the Bible says about it. That's why he asked that question. He said, I want to see if you have the guts to tell me what, what the Bible says. And then he said, okay, look at this guy, his cameraman here. He is, he, he is a Muslim. He does not believe in Jesus Christ. He is completely against what Jesus says, and he doesn't believe he's the Lord or the Savior. If he dies right now, in this state, where is he going to go? And the preacher's like, I don't know. And then one lady from his church got pretty upset about it because she goes to church every Sunday and, like, calls the program. It was live. Calls the program and said, Pastor, you should say, I'm talking about the lady who comes to church, not even a preacher, but she knows better. She's like, Pastor, you should say that the Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why didn't you say that? And then, and then Larry King was like, hmm, look what she's saying. Like, it was a perfect, perfect scenario for Larry King. He said, look what she's saying. And then the preacher's like, oh, you know. And then Larry King's like, oh, what about now? Do you agree with your, the lady who goes to your church? And he said, yeah, I would agree with her. So then, I'm Jewish. I don't believe in Jesus. If I die, where am I going to go? He said, I don't know. So what is that? What is that? What is that? And I, and I remember another preacher came to the point that he said, I was watching that interview. I got so angry. I wanted to jump through the TV and punch him, you know. <laughs> because how can you dare say such a thing? Like, don't stand for anything. But li listen, he did not have to say, you're going to hell. No. He just needs to say, oh, look, oh, the Bible says this. The Word of God says this. It's not that, that we need to hate people and say this. And It's not about winning arguments. It's about standing for the faith. It's not about winning an argument. Because sometimes if you want to just win an argument, so what? We don't want to win the argument. We want to win people's souls. Amen? So if you just win the argument, there's no purpose in it. It's not about winning arguments. It's about winning people. But in order to win people to Jesus, you've got to tell them the truth in love. It's not had to be hateful towards Larry King or, or, or the cameraman. No. So, look, Larry, the Bible says this, and I believe what the Bible says. That's it. And it's not about my opinion. It's not about your opinion. It's about what the Bible says, what the Word of God says. So we need to, but, but because, because, I believe because he was afraid of losing people. That's, that's what, it, what it comes to. Being afraid of losing popularity. Or you're not popular with the media anymore because you said this. You're not popular. You're not the cool guy. And, uh, and I believe that many people in this hour, they are afraid for standing. Where actually people are looking for people who will stand because we're different. Amen. People are actually looking for the different ones. They say, you know, the ones who I, stayed, I stick with my faith because that shows loyalty. 
that shows like I'm loyal to my faith, I'm loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, more than I'm loyal to the, uh, the system, more than I'm loyal to my job, or more than I'm loyal to anything else. I'm loyal to Jesus first. I stand with him. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego did. And when they did that, it caught the attention of heaven and, and God delivered them out of the fiery furnace. I believe uh, in the saying that says, if you don't stand for anything, you're going to fall for everything. Have you heard that? If you don't stand for anything, you're going to fall for everything. What do, what do I mean by that? That if you're a person who's always afraid of voicing the word or voicing your conviction, you're going to fall for everything. And, and let me tell you something. Things are changing rapidly all around. Who in here can say about 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I remember when I was a kid, if you heard about, you know, there'll be a gay marriage and stuff like that, you, you didn't believe that. No, that's not, come on, that's not true. Now, 20 years later, it's all around. So things are constantly changing. And when I say stand, I'm not saying being hateful to people. That's why you got to understand that. It's not that when you stand, I'm going to hate that person. No, you're going to stand with the gospel and say, I believe in this. I love you, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. If you don't, if you want to sugarcoat the gospel and say whatever, you know, listen, that's not love. Period. People have a misconception of God's love. God's love is just like, um, it's sugarcoated and we just like pet people and say, oh, you're nice. No matter what you do, no matter how you live, it's always good. It's always going to be good. No, that's not the gospel. That's not good. Jesus came with a message, repent. The kingdom of heaven is here. Now what's repent? Come from the word metanoia, which means change of mind. And I, I remember I wrote that one time on Facebook. I said, John the Baptist came saying, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came and said, repent. Uh, the kingdom of God has come. Peter in the day of Pentecost said, repent and come to God. So times of refreshment may come to you. So they all had the message, repent, repent, repent. And I posted that and the one lady said, oh, but you got to understand that repentance, metanoia is a change of mind. I said, that's right. If you change your mind, you're going to change your behavior. If you change your mind, you're going to change your actions because it always starts right here. But if you change it according to the word, what's that re repent, repentance means? means not just like you're you crying, though you may cry, or that you uh, hitting your chest and say, Lord, forgive me. It's not just about that, even though that may happen. But it's basically a change of mind that will cause a change of action in accordance with God's word. That's what repentance means. You're going to change your way of thinking. Not from the world. You're going to renew your mind from the world. That's what repentance means. And I believe that many people are afraid to talk about repentance today because it's not popular. It's not the message that people want to come back for next Sunday. Now, if they don't want to come back, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Just keep preaching the truth. Keep telling the truth. But love people enough to tell them the truth. Now, if you love people, you tell them the truth in love. I'm telling you what. People who want God, they will receive Him. People who are open. I, 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 and I want to close in a moment. I just want to say this. This week we, we were filming two TV shows. And the shows were about this. Number one was the end of the world. Do you believe? That's what, that's, that's what the, 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 the theme was. And so we went to the streets here in Richmond. Went to the library right here on Parent Road. And, and the question was, do you believe in the end of the world? And, and, and if you do believe, why? Okay. First day, we interviewed 10 people. 
We had people that said, no, we don't want to be interviewed. That's okay. But we, but we interviewed 10. Out of the, listen to me, right here in Richmond, it gave me a picture of what we need in the city. Because I, I know that we need to know what the area we're living in very well. I, I went to these people and said, do you believe in the end of the world? And most of them said, yes, I believe. I said, okay, why do you believe that? And they said, oh, there'll be an asteroid that will come and they will hit the world and explode everything and it will be no more. So, okay, where do you hear that? Oh, science says that. Okay, I went to the next person. Do you believe in the end of the world? Yes, I believe. It's coming to an end? Yes, it's coming. What's going to happen? And they said, there is an asteroid that will come and explode the earth. And then all of us will be destroyed and will wipe everybody out. And there will be nothing anymore. That's what you believe? Yeah, I believe. When it's happening? I know it's happening. I said, why do you believe that? Because of science. I'm telling you what. Out of ten, here in Richmond, right here on Parent Road on, on the library. Out of ten people, only one person mentioned the return of Jesus Christ. One person. All of the nine others, they said, no, it's going to explode. We're going to vanish. That tells me something. They don't know anything about the Bible. They, uh, they need the gospel. They, they awakened something in me. Because I was like, man, I was like, I'm talking to these people. They have no clue where their life is going. They have no clue. Then I said, okay, next program. Recording another program, even this week. The program was about who is Jesus to you? Because the message, the program is, because I wanted to do an evangelistic program. The message was, if Jesus said all this stuff, that he's, he and the Father are one, and nobody can come to the Father except through him, and nobody can come to God except him, that he's the only way to salvation. If he said all this stuff, either he is a liar, which we know he's not, or he's, he's crazy, because he's saying all this stuff and it's not true, or he is who he said he is. There's no option. If he said all this, these quotes and these statements, either he's, it's true or not. So I said, who is Jesus to you? Again, I interviewed about 10 people or 12 people. I'm telling what, man. I, I was like, I was shocked. Because people were saying, and they're like, before they were saying on camera, they, they, they talked to me and said, can I say whatever I want? I said, of course, that's your opinion. I want your, your true, raw opinion. I don't want you to please me. Just say whatever you want. And I said, okay. One guy said, uh, I believe Jesus never existed, never walked on the earth. There's a creation of man. It's a fairy tale. And I was like, oh, you believe that? Okay. Then I went to another lady, and the, the lady said, you know, Jesus is an idea. He's not a person. He's an idea. Never existed. We, have, we create an idea and somebody to... And then and another person, another person, another person... Yeah, but she said, I want to raise my And she said, where's your church? Are you a pastor? I'm a pastor. Where's your church? I said, and I, I gave her a card and said, I, I, I may come there the following Sunday. She said, then we may come because she wants to at least experience some type of religion. Because she wants to know if there's real. So in other words, she's searching. She doesn't believe, but she's searching. And she said, I want my children to at least have the chance to experience. And, the, and their kids were in the car. They're about 12 years old. And said, I want them to come to church. And at least experience to see what they think about it. I said, that's good. Come to our church. You'll, you'll like it. We've got some nice people there. We'll, 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 we'll welcome you. You're welcome. If you're just trying, search, just come. Come and experience it. We'll pray for you. And I said, thank you so much for reaching out. Yes. So she was open. But other guys said, you know, I believe he's an idea. I believe he's not. He's not. And other, other ladies said, you know, I believe he was a good person. But he's not the Savior. 
And another, another guy said, I believe he was, he was a good philosopher, a good teacher, but he's not the savior of the world. I don't believe in this stuff. And I went to three girls who were about teenagers. One of them was Russian. Another one was, was were American, and they were like 15, 16 years old. I said, what do you believe about Jesus? I said, you know, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I don't believe that God exists. And another one said, oh, I believe, uh, I don't believe in any, any of that. My parents do, but I don't believe it. So that gave me a picture of what we need here in Richmond. People need the gospel. We think that, oh, their church, every corner, okay, great. But what are we doing? Like, we, there, there must be something, there must be an awakening first in our hearts to reach these people. Because they need to at least have an experience with the truth. Let's stand to our feet. But a church that is wishy-washy, like, I don't know, I don't know. Like, if we're trying to accommodate ourselves, we will have no impact in the world. A gospel that is a sugar-coated gospel has no impact. But, it, but li listen to me now. We need to make a stand with God. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to make any outer call today, but if you can just raise your hand to heaven right now and ask the Lord to make you stronger. That's what I believe we need. Make our hearts. Mm -hmm. Make our hearts stronger and our conviction stronger in this hour. 